Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What are you doing, Wagner? That's our semi-award-winning segment. That's our intro to this what are you doing, Wagner, as we take a look around and just what are you doing, people? Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody with you, Saturday Suckage. Welcome in, welcome back. We, um, we fashion ourselves as the mom show, right, Mark? I mean, we, we here on The Score, we are the show where, where Gene Grody, of course, has been the house mom for a decade. And then we introduced... Alice, Trash Panda's mom, and Mama Thayer. Um, Tom told us a story about how, how even in her last days, she wanted to make sure everybody in the family knew how to pick out a good chicken for chicken soup. And, um, and, and then we, we now have a plan to get Mama Komet on. And recently, Marilyn played Illinois uh, in a that their college basketball game and Marilyn won. And on the post-game Zoom call, and Mark, you're part of this. You see this post-game Zoom. We've all seen the pictures of it, the the Brady Bunch-like checkerboard of faces and and sure. or it's just a one one shot of whoever's answering the questions. And then the voiceless, the headless, I'm not voiceless, the headless announcer brings up the next questioner. Well, Marilyn's Daryl Morsel was on the post-game presser, and the next questioner was this. She, she knows how to work, Daryl. She knows what's what she's doing. <laughs> Y'all got dad shit. What's up? Oh, what's up, man? Hey. Yes, man. What's the question? Hi, how about you? I'm good. You can call me after this. What's the question? I'm trying to go home. <laughs> what's up? What's the question? I'm no question. question. Oh, all right. Sure. No, I, no, I just wanted to say... You guys played an awesome game, um, and you, you just listen to me and wear the mask, okay? I listen to you. Okay, listen good to job. You. Good job. <laughs> Love you. Love you, too. Love all your kids. Love you, too. <laughs> Thanks, Daryl. Have a safe trip home. All right, for sure. Yeah, good game, Daryl. Thanks, Daryl. <laughs> His mom called <laughs> That's awesome. How great it. is that? That's what we needed. That's... Mama Komet has to call in, and that's, Cole, I didn't teach you that. I didn't teach you to get those kind of penalties. That's, I just love that idea. Mom, you could have called me late. Mom, I'm trying to get home. 
Love oh, I would have. I would have liked to have seen Mrs. Komet lay into the the officials because, as she said, my son does not do that kind of stuff. <laughs> it, that and that is any good mom. Mom instincts kick in. You don't like an angry mom is far more dangerous than an angry dad. Would you agree oh, yeah. with that? I oh, mean, there's like, there's no question. There there's no question. That's that's why we're the mom show. We yes. want to we we have such respect for moms and such fear of them. We do not want them to healthy fear. Us. It's a healthy yes. fear, as we like to say. Yeah, you don't yes. mess with my, they have they have adrenaline to lift cars high over their heads when the yeah. mom instinct kicks in. And as Joe Madden once told me when I told him that Gene Grody was a big fan of his, he just looked at me, Joe Madden, and said, "You know, man, moms are cool." Yep, I love That's that. It. Hi, mom. We're the mom show. Eloy Jimenez. Um, so the the NHL has started, although no one has told the Blackhawks this yet. But the NHL has started, and this is one of the. I had not. I don't know if this happened during the playoffs last year. Uh, I had not seen video of it, but it happened this year, and this is outstanding. There are two things that happened in the NHL within the first week. One is. In Vegas, Mark Stone, the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights, was named one of the game's three stars. So, what do you you, you know the three star, the the whole sure. routine, right, Mark? Of course. It, of players come out from either the tunnel or they're waiting on the bench, and they come out and they go for a skate and you know raise their stick or whatever it is, right? Because right? right. the fans, it's a cool thing for the fans. Yes, it's a great thing for the fans. But there are no fans. Right. But that didn't matter to Mark Stone, the captain of the Vegas Knights. He was named one of the three stars. What he did was he came out onto the ice, and he waved all around the rink. He waved oh, to non- non-existent fans. Thank you, Just thank waving, you. waving his hands, skating around as if they were hearing the applause in his head. I... Uh, it's just, it's a great piece of video. There's nobody there. He's waving like it's a full house screaming it for him. That is, great. that is great. By the way, real quick, give me 20 seconds here. Tampa well, Bay beat the Blackhawks last night, 5-2. to two. Kane and DeBrinket had goals. Um, Colin Delia, good game or bad game? 37 saves, but he allowed five goals. Usually if you make 37 saves, you should probably win the game. You didn't make 37 saves. You've only played two periods for the Blackhawks. <laughs> Good okay. enough. That's enough Blackhawks talk. Right, it is. So, but there's better hockey. To, there's a, I did not see this last year. But be, again, because there's nothing going on. One of the things, we talked about the three stars. But one of the things that happens is there's always between periods, the intermission entertainment, whatever it is, how, however you're going to keep the fans interested, whatever you're going to keep the energy up in the building. Well, there's no fans. It's just intermission. So in Colorado, as they opened the season against the Blues and went to intermission, there's nothing going on on the ice. The Zamboni was out there, and the, then they were tending to the, the, the nets, and they were tending to the crease. So what they did was they overlaid a game of solitaire. Someone playing solitaire on a computer on the ice. So there's no fans to watch this, but the television cameras caught this game of solitaire on on the sheet of ice, waiting for the players to come back to it. 
Wow. That is so good. The I length. That. The length yep. to which we go. Yes. Well, that's the, you know, modern day. We, we, we started with this Zoom where some guy's mom can call in, and, and, and now there's no fans in the building. So <laughs> now there are some fans allowed in some buildings. And the NBA city by city, like the NHL city by city, the NFL city by city, they're seeing what the different local laws or state laws allow. Well, we have this from the Long Shot podcast. Duncan Robinson of the Heat was talking about playing in an empty arena, and it was a game against the Raptors, who are from Toronto, but not from Toronto. They're in Tampa. And this is the story that Duncan Robinson tells about empty arenas. There's a really funny interaction. Um, you know, in, in Tampa Bay, I feel bad for the Raptors because those aren't actually their real fans. You know, they're, right. they're f people from Florida, Tampa Bay area. So when we went to play there, there were probably more Heat fans than there were Raptor fans. And there was a, a foul or something, and one of our guys is on the line. And I'm outside the, the three-point line with Fred Van Fleet. And there's a fan in the crowd who's complaining about the call. And at so, some point, he calls out Fred. I don't remember exactly what in what capacity. And Fred just turns around and yells. In the entire place, hears him. Shut up and put on your mask. <laughs> and it was just this. It was like dead silent. And everybody was just like, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and that was put on awesome. your mask. <laughs> yeah, you can, because you can hear all that. I mean, you can hear what they're saying on the ice um, when you went and and on the on the court because there's no fans, there's no. But the idea that Brad Van Vliet turns the fan, shut up and put on your mask. Wear a damn mask. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's it. So this Awkward is a little variant. like this is our first show after the new the year turned new. And, but I did not want to miss the chance to quote this tweet. Jose Canseco sent out this tweet on New Year's Day. Happy New Year to everyone except A-Rod. <laughs> that's it. That's wait, who sent tweet. that? Who, wait, who sent that? Jose Canseco. Oh, okay. Wow. Happy New wow. Year to everyone except A-Rod. <laughs> A-Rod's looking at it like, what the hell, man? Don't you feel necessary? dirty being in the right? I I now feel dirty being in the middle of that war from those two guys. I oh just my feel god! Awful. Yeah. So in honor of the new year, I do think I want I would like to help rally and and bring back the words of Mookie Wilson, the former Mets outfielder. Sure. Because I I think it's important. I think if we carry this with us, we'll all be better as a society. And those words are these. When I'm in a slump, I comfort myself by saying, if I believe in dinosaurs, then somewhere they must be believing in me. And if they believe in me, then I can believe in me. And then I bust out. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's deep. You know what? As of right now, I officially, I rid myself of my childhood hate for Mookie Wilson just because of that and i hate it well i just hated all those mets so sure. but now mookie yeah. i'm with mookie, you. right because if the dinosaurs are believing in mookie then he can believe in himself as well i think society moves forward as far as that's concerned amen so mark wow. we have we have a new um we need to introduce bachelor number one here trash yes. panda left and now we're we're being ably produced it turns out 
by um, Bachelor Number One. We have a new producer, and uh, Bachelor Number One. Yes. Come on in and Thank tell you. us. Thank tell you. Tell us who you are and tell us something about yourself. I will. My name is. I should have music in the background right now, but yeah, yeah. I am Bachelor Number One, or Brandon, as you know, I know Brandon Fryer, but you know, hey, I, I like the fact that I'm being called Bachelor Number One. I love it. Okay. And, and Brandon, Brandon and I kind of know each other. Yeah, well, we, we do. We know each other from the transition. Brandon, yeah, Brandon often produces less grob scenes. So Brandon <laughs> and I have a quick contact just about every single day going from me to through Brandon to Les Grobstein. And we also have a, a mutual friend in Dan Levy. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I know yeah. Dan. Yeah, Dan's know good, Dan. Yeah, Dan's a good guy. Yeah. Dan I'm, is one of us, right? Just a fun, hilarious, yeah. highly talented man. I've, yes. been a, I've been a part of the Intercon family for a while, so I'm just new to the score. So yeah. Oh, where were you before? I was with US 99. I was with really? US 99. Yeah, sister really? station. Okay. Yeah. I, was, I was doing country, apparently. Really? So, yeah. Wait, are you a country guy? <laughs> Not, at all. Country? No. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Don't know nothing okay. about country. At all. Oh, so uh, wait, what were you doing for US? Yippee, I Cal Patty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing for US 99? Uh, producing their uh, morning show at the time. Oh, so, yeah. really? Yeah. Okay. So that's how I ran into Dan a lot. So, yeah. Oh, that's how we used to oh, see wow. each other so much. Yeah. I should have listened to Dan. Good. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's, hey. That's Dan's voice to a T right there. Dude, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so, Bachelor number one, you. you realize that the way you're viewed is oh man he's, he's got grob scene he's working saturday suckage but do you know who that man mark grody is over there do you know that he's kind of a big deal do you understand that no i, I do realize grody grody's a huge deal I, i've seen that he's he's mr morning time now i see him over there doing the pregame. he's doing the uh -huh. bear stuff yeah he's he's big time I'm, I'm honored to be a part of this show right now you I'm don't realize Stop how it. big time that is you start asking the other hosts who start telling you stuff, anybody around the station, ask them where their jewelry is. And now ask Mark what kind of jewelry he's got. Saturday Suckage has jewelry. Yeah, we're the only... Go ahead, right? Bachelor number one. What kind of jewelry do you have? I, I got a few I got a few jewelry. I got, I got some chains and stuff like that. A little bit. Okay. Not, not okay, as much well. as probably, like, probably Grody has, apparently. Right, well, <laughs> well, why don't you ask him? Don't be shy. Ask what him type of jewelry what... do you have, Grody? Uh, Brandon, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I do possess a authentic, full-size Chicago Cubs 2016 World Shears champion ring. Okay, I, I got to see this too. So when when you you know come back to the station, we I got to see this ring. Are, are you Absolutely. allowed to show that? Or are you? Oh no, you I, Brandon, I, I am always looking for new people to show. <laughs> show <laughs> like I have actually run out of people, and I no longer wear the ring because yeah, they got to open well, up. The they got to open up places again so we can just you can walk through places well, and this, show up. Here here's a Jean Grodyism because she hates the fact that this like I am holding the ring right now. She she is like you need to put that in a deposit box or give it to me and your father. We'll put it in our deposit box. You can't Perfect. just have that in your house. Perfect. So yeah, that's, that's now I realize I how big of a deal you are now. Now oh, I see yeah. it. Now I definitely oh, yeah. see it. Well, I'm a, I, I'm sorry it took this for you to realize that, Brandon, but I'll accept it. Okay. I know. I wish you could have told me this during the transition time. Like, yay, by the way, you know, I got this yeah, ring. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, at least you deal. understand what a big deal. So Saturday Suckage, Saturday Suckage is quite the springboard for greatness. Just, just so you know, okay? Yeah, Brandon, that means that you, sir, are headed for... Actually, 
You know what? You probably are because what happens is 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 people, men and women, produce this show, Saturday Suckage, and then usually weeks later they're begging off of it, and then Mitch Rosen gives them a more, more prime time slot. So Brandon, it can only go up for you from here. Okay, so perfect. Right. I'm on the path of greatness right now. Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, you are. Absolutely. And there we go. So. Thank you for introducing yourself, Bachelor Number One. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we have one of our most deluxe guests with absolutely the greatest walk-up music. We we can ima- we never imagined this. He gave us walk-up music we couldn't imagine. We're going to talk with our deluxe guest about the Cubs next. Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy the score. This is Sports Radio six seventy the score and six seventy the score.com. Chicago Sports Station. is a pirate blustering in from sea with a rollicking song he sweeps along swaggering boisterously his face is weather beaten he wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache he growls as he storms the country a villain big and bold and the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold the autumn wind is a raider pillaging just for fun he'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won the greatest walk-up music of Saturday suckage. Mark Rohde, Steve Rosenblum with you. We love that. We love the guest. He's deluxe. We go to the guest hotline brought to you by Alpamani Nissan and welcome in the man who chose that walk-up music and has chosen to walk away from the Chicago Tribune and we are sad that we are losing our deluxe Cubs guest. His name is Mark Gonzalez. Gonzo, how are you in this hectic week? I'm actually okay. When you get Seven hours sleep, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> so you have elected to take the Tribune buyout, and you, as you said yesterday, as you texted me yesterday, turned in your playbook. So what what went into that from covering the White Sox World Series, the Cubs World Series, and now making that decision after 15 years there? So tell us. Wow. Um just a lot of things went into it. Um, looking at what's left to do, um, kind of understand what Len Casper went through in terms of his passion to be a radio play-by-play guy. That's not what I'm pursuing by any means, but, um, you know, I've had a pretty good run, 29 years as a baseball writer, 28 as a beat writer. Um, who knows what's still out there? Um, I'll be honest with you. The last, 20 um, months personally been hell, not, not so much with the work wise, but family wise and all that hasn't been pleasant. So maybe this is a time to hit the reset button and see how I finish things out. Well, Mark, sorry to hear that things have been rough um, with the family. I hope things are getting better in that regard. Do you, do you want to stay in the business? 
Uh, I'm casting a wide net. You know, if I stay in the business, that's fine. If not, uh, I'm going to sleep well. But uh, I'm casting a wide net. I know this is not a premium time to be looking for work with the pandemic. But um, I think in the long run, I'm going to be okay. I have nothing. I have nothing percolating right now. But um, I'm just going to stay confident that something will happen. How, how weird is it to be on like high alert for every little thing that goes down with the Cubs to all of a sudden not having to worry about any of that stuff? Have you have you gotten over that yet? Maybe in two weeks. You know, I, I like yesterday was a weird day because you know last day on the books, and then you see where their arbitration hearings, you kind of take a step forward and say, whoa, you're not, you know, so much part of that anymore. Right. Um, you know, still going to follow it, see what happens. But I, I would think in two weeks I have a better idea whether I've kind of uh, cleansed myself of, of getting off the clock, so to speak. <laughs> changing that instinct or changing that learned behavior. It's got to be weird. It it's got to be really yeah. weird. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a little weird, but um, – you know, it, this didn't come sudden either. You know, for the last couple of years, you kind of look at the landscape and see uh, whether you're long for it or whether it's time for a change and what would you be doing. So, you know, I I've, haven't I've put my, my whole foot in the water in terms of other stuff yet, but I've, I've looked around and, and got my toes wet. Uh, I would, our guest is Mark Gonzalez, uh, former Cubs and White Sox beat writer for cover, covering the Cubs in White Sox for the Chicago Tribune did a terrific job. It was a lot of fun to read. A great guy and always great to have on the show and still is. Um, maybe SC will finally get it right and select you as athletic director. Do you think our Trojans <laughs> can do that? Yeah. Hey, I'm still for director of football operations at this point. But, uh, All right. <laughs> I, my ambitions aren't that high right now. Yeah, that, that, that would be good. The um, So in... Looking at covering a World Series on each side of town, which you know generations have come and gone before anybody could talk about that, and you covered one on each side. So what's the what's the snapshot that flashes in your head when someone says 2005 White Sox and why? And what's the snapshot that flashes in your head when someone says 2016 Cubs and why? Uh, 20, uh, 2005, I, I think of the story Kenny Williams told about his secretary. Uh, her father wasn't around to see it, but talking about the White Sox pennants on, 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 at Graves and all that, and just the generations of, of White Sox fans and how they waited so long and uh, the people who were able to, to enjoy it, thought immediately of their parents and grandparents and Great grandparents, and just how that that was for them. And then uh, with the Cubs, little the same. Although the the biggest snapshot I'll get is uh, being on one of those trolley cars and, and making the right turn on the lake shore, and just seeing thousands and you know you, you can't say millions of fans lined up waiting to see their heroes on the double decker buses. Okay, and the 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 decision you covered the decision by Theo to leave, which wasn't necessarily a surprise, but a, but it 
it seemed to set off a, a whole series of things that have just become one piece of bad news after another. What would you say that would give Cubs fans hope? Well, they waited over a century for a, a World Series title, and um, I would think the next one won't be so long, but the fact is um, it can be done. It's not going to happen anytime soon, but uh, you have a guy in charge in Jed Hoyer who was a part of that 2016 fabric as well as some uh, championships in, in Boston, and is familiar with retooling and, and to some extent rebuilding. You know, he was starting to do that with the Padres and build a respectable team before he came here. So, um, you know, it's going to be very difficult because we don't know what the financial landscape is going to be for the next year and a half or so, just because even if the pandemic uh, dissipates, there's still going to be a recovery period in terms of finances and all that. So um, it will take a lot of time, but I think the fact that he's not afraid to make bold moves, uh, Bode, bode okay because I think um, they were going to have to be made at some point and there's more to be made but he's not going to be somebody who's going to sit on his hands and, and, and wait Have the Cubs uh, or I, I should put it this way are you surprised that the Cubs are where they are right now considering where they were in 2015 and how it looked like they were set for a really long time are you surprised that they are where they are and that is in essence, a, a specific kind of rebuild. I'm not surprised because I thought all along after 2018 uh, when they lost the uh, wild card game to, to the Rockies that they, they should have uh, started retooling and didn't do so. And I know a lot's been made about the fact they won 95 games that year, but the fact is um, that was just, there was more uh, data that showed that things were slipping a little bit, especially – uh, going in the last month of that season, and they, they repeated that again in 2019. Um, there just becomes a time where uh, something's wrong because we all thought these guys were going to ascend, uh, many of them together, even after 2016 when they won the World Series. It didn't happen. So um, it, I thought it needed to be addressed. It wasn't. They put their faith in these guys, and, uh, you know, here we are where. Uh, there are a lot of these guys are one year away from being free agents, and uh, some of them are coming off uh, subpar years. We, we know it was only a 60-game season, but uh, facts are facts. So I'm kind of not surprised at where they're at at this point. Mark Gonzalez is our guest. He used to cover the Cubs most Cubs covered the Cubs most recently, and previously covered the White Sox. A man of covered World Series on both sides of town for the Chicago Tribune. Terrific job, a great person. We're happy he would join us. We we happy, we're happy he has taken part in all of this nonsense on Saturday suckage. One of the things in our business, Mark, or my our former business, however we want to look at it, we're not really supposed to root for people, but we root for people who we find either interesting or funny or good interviews or whatever. So, if you were picking a couple guys on the White Sox, a couple guys on the Cubs, that you either rooted for or the, the your go-to guys or enjoyed the most enjoyed covering the most who would the a, a handful or a couple on each team be wow uh let's start with 2005 that white Sox team you know it was it was a weird team it was put together kenny made a lot of moves uh kind of shake things out got rid of the uh 
the sluggers and Maglio and, and, you know, Frank was hurt too. So he wasn't a big, big part statistically of that team, but I would say that team bonded very, very well immediately. And I would, I think of guys like Burley and Canerico, not just because of their production, because I think they were very insightful guys and, you know, Mark had a great sense of humor, even AJ as well. Uh, you know, he's an interesting study, but he's a smart guy. And then, uh, Later on, you know, Jake Peavy was hurt most of the time, but he's a pretty sharp guy. He, he sees things through a wide lens. And then on, on the Cubs, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of different personalities. You know, we all know about Anthony Rizzo and, you know, his, his presence on that staff. But there are other guys, too. You know, I didn't have many deep, deep conversations with John Lester, but the ones I did in which the, uh, the notebook was put away were very, very insightful. Um, and Kyle Schwarber as well, just just a stand-up guy. You know, he had a lot on his plate this year. Things didn't work out, but I always enjoyed my my conversations with him. Yeah, those are those are some good and and I'm sure that you could make a, a list of top 20. So that's a that's a tough question and a good answer right there. Give us while we're while we're doing that, give us maybe your you know 15 to 20 top moments coming on this radio show. <laughs> Well, I guess one. I guess one through fifteen is all the ones I did with you guys, so we can just take care of it there. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, you brought the word deluxe to this show, and you know that every time yes. I or Steve uses the word deluxe, we're thinking about you. Well, you can still use it. I didn't get the uh, copyright rights to it, so it's, it's all it. yours. All right. But I, I want to say uh, the producers, you know, Mitch, and all the on-air talent you guys included treated me so well, so. Uh, I can't overlook that. Gonzo, it's been a pleasure. Um, we're rooting for you. We're rooting for you for good health, for a better family um, situation. And however it goes for you, we look forward to wherever you surface next. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Stay in touch. Uh, Bye, Mark. That's Mark Gonzalez, formerly of the Tribune, our deluxe reporter. We love him with the greatest walk-up music. And um, we have... By the way, did they did does Liam Hendricks have walk up music? Does he have his own entry music? Has he chosen well, it? Isn't A C D C Australian? I'm just gonna totally stereotype oh, him and say that right. since he's from Australia, it Highway must be Australian music, right? Hell's yeah. Bells, Highway to yeah. Hell, there's all kinds Thunderstruck. of Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck plays well on the South yeah. Side. So All right. So we will find that out as Liam Hendricks, the White Sox new closer was on the station earlier this week. I did not want to miss some of these, some of these, going back to the question you asked, Mark. Yeah. What are you doing? Where, where are you listening to us and what are you doing? Yeah, have at it. So, 815, listening next to my bong. 260, housework and getting baked. 847, garage with a bowl, smoking. 386, administrative sales work on my laptop. On my Florida home, on my Florida home patio, sunny and 62 today, baking and waking, and 847 simply packing my bowl. 847 laying next to Lila or Layla in Elgin, L-A-I-L-A in Elgin. She says, you guys suck. <laughs> I love your show. Excellent. We thank you. We thank you for yes. knowing the truth. Uh -huh. We'll take a break and uh, we'll come back. Saturday suckage. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Smoke weed every day. 
This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. We sucked. Yeah. Mark Grody, do you know what's coming up later on this year's radio station? I've heard a rumor that we are the station for the National Football League playoffs. Indeed, 3 o'clock, Rams at Packers. Our coverage begins, and then that'll be followed by around 6.45 or so, Ravens at Buffalo. We are your NFL playoff station, Rams at Packers. Wow, you can watch Brandon Staley try to... The, the, the one who got away from Hallis Hall against Aaron Rodgers, the one that Hallis Hall has no clue against. That's just a wonderful game. That'll be coming up at 3 o'clock. Uh, we want to thank everyone who listened, everyone who told us that you were getting you were getting high and you were near your bongs while listening to us. Well, we're, that's a survey we're going to take again next week, Mark. We have to yeah, do that. Yeah, I love it. It produced such yep. wonderful answers. I love that whole idea. The Saturday Suckage WB Club Experience. And uh, we want to bring you an interview that new Sox closer Liam Hendricks had with Danny Parkins and Cody Decker on the score yesterday. So as long as nobody important listened to this show, then we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. And here's Liam Hendricks, the new Sox closer. With Cody Decker in on the Danny Parkins Show, thrilled to welcome on the Alpamani Nissan Hotline, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park, an egotistical narcissist who, off the field, he thinks he's humble, but maybe not. One of my favorite athlete quotes I've ever heard, Liam Hendricks on the score. Liam, what's up, man? Thanks for the time. No, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Welcome to Chicago. Heard you were house hunting a little bit earlier today. How's it going so far? Yeah, it's not too bad. Walking around uh, downtown, it's uh, it's nice. We want to be downtown. Like we've been in Oakland the last couple of years, where there's nothing really to to walk around to where we where we were staying. So we want to be uh, somewhere, especially close to downtown, where we can walk around, go to a restaurant. My wife can uh, walk around while I'm not on the when I'm not on at home while I'm on the road. She can go and and get some dinner with friends or when everything opens up, obviously, and go shopping and stuff like that. So we're excited to be in a. In a city, especially a city that's uh, as sports crazy as Chicago. Yeah, you picked, uh, in my opinion, very biased opinion, the greatest city in the world. So good luck with finding a spot to live. Uh, from a baseball perspective, I mean, Sox fans are thrilled. Obviously, there's high expectations. But why'd you choose the White Sox? Uh, I mean, look at their roster. Uh, you look at their roster. I mean, you, it's it seems like a no-brainer once you look at the guys that are here and how long they're here for as well. Like, I didn't want to be part of a team that all of a sudden had a window that was either a few years away or at the point of closing and they only have a couple more years left. So this is a team that's that's primed and ready to go for the next four, five, six years, and I'm just happy to be part of it. Liam, uh, Cody Decker here. I got to say, I'm so excited for you to join the Sox. Like you said, look at that roster. It's going to be a blast to watch you play over there. You have given some of the best interviews that I've heard in baseball for the last couple of years. And, you know, (laughs) coming with your background, specifically Australian pitcher, I played with about 15 different Aussies, every one of them crazier than the last one. But you also had a very unique career path in that you've been DFA'd a few times. I've, I was—I only had the luxury of being DFA'd once. But normally when someone gets DFA'd, not necessarily like a death, death sentence, but you have been able to battle back to becoming the premier closer in baseball. Tell us a little bit about that process that led you to this position that you're in right now. 
Yeah, so let's start off by saying let's not judge me by the rest of the Australians that you've met because um, <laughs> I did a I did a thing with uh, Ryan Roland Smith, Grant Bell from Peter Moreland, and we were just talking, and all of a sudden we're like, look, anytime someone brings up that you're Australian, you're like, ah, oh, no, don't please don't say that name, please don't say this guy, please don't associate me with those guys. And we all had the same same exact expression of the way that it went down. We're like, no, 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 we need to separate ourselves from some of the people that have come over because we do have the reputation of being somewhat crazy. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, obviously I've been uh, DFA'd five times um, by the Twins. I was actually with the Cubs for about 10 days in one offseason. So this is my second stint in Chicago. Uh, it was during the offseason, so I never actually came here, but still, it's the point. Uh, so I was with the yeah, Twins, Cubs, Orioles, Royals A's are the teams that I've been DFA'd by. So this is uh this is fun. So I get to go against a couple of teams I've been DFA'd by in the past. But the biggest one for me is like I've, the first four I got claimed. Um, so the first four that was like it, it didn't really change me that much. But the last one with the A's was the uh, the eye opener where it was all of a sudden it's like oh this may be the end for me. I don't know what's going to happen after this. This may be it in baseball, especially Major League Baseball for me. I don't know what the next step is. Luckily, I was able to go down there and kind of find myself a little bit by it was it was that kind of taking away the 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 fact that I thought everything was just going to be given to me that it was a it was a right it was kind of um, I didn't I didn't see it as a as a privilege I saw it as something that was just going to be given to me and when I went down it was like no 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 nothing is just given to you you need to earn absolutely everything you've got and that's why like on the Zoom calls I've done today and in the past I've always said like. I'm not the closer. I need to earn that closer's role, and that's that's what I need to do. There's no ifs and buts about it. You don't just get given things. You need to earn absolutely everything you get, and that's the way you remain hungry and eager and, and kind of wanting to get out there and do everything you can to win that role every time. It's so funny you mentioned uh, Peter Moylan because right when I found out we were interviewing today, the first person I called was Peter Moylan. And he first thing, <laughs> very first thing he said was, oh, no, mate, he's, he's sane. Yeah, I love Moylan. Moylan's the best. Um, I've only I only have very brief interactions with Moylan until recently because of uh, guys that I played with that have played with him that we've connected through that. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's one of the good ones. Like you get him and Balf and Ryan Roland Smith. All those guys have yes, they're crazy. Yes, they've had crazy pasts and everything like that. But they get they get it. They get the fact that they can be crazy and still effective. They can be crazy and still work hard. They can be crazy and still do the things they've got their limits of when they show almost when they show the crazy and almost when they are able to kind of subdue it enough to get the job done. And that's just a, that's one of the part and parts of the, the way that I've been trying to live the last few years, especially. Liam, what did you think of Dex's uh, Australian accent impression there? How do you do? Uh, I mean, it's not the worst I've heard. You haven't um, let me do enough of it. You haven't let American me do enough. <laughs> Wait, can, you can impersonate an American. Let's hear that. Oh, I, I can, but it's very poorly. That was perfect. What are you talking about? That was like Dave Chappelle's well, white I, guy. I like some, some my, my, my in-laws are uh, Midwesterners, they uh, Ohio-ish, so they say roof and crick and, and all that stuff, so I make fun of them a lot. Um, and then my wife, can I, when she has a couple of drinks, the, the Canadian comes out, so you get a lot of A's and uh, all don't you knows and all that fun stuff. So it's, uh, I, I like to impersonate accent, but I don't want to do it too much because you know how it is, the old wives' tale where it's, the wind changes, you're going to get stuck with that accent. So I need to try and remain Australian as much as I can. Well, you said you try to distance yourself from the reputation of crazy, but, like, is it earned? Like, Give me give me the background on why that reputation exists. 
Oh, let's be honest. I mean, you've, you've seen the way I, especially the way I pitched last year. Like, I'm going to be yelling, I'm going to be screaming, I'm going to be doing all this. But off the field, I just tend to be a little less obnoxious, a little more joking around and jovial. And then on the field, I'm just, yeah, just crazy, to be honest. I mean, it's just, it's, I call it white line fever. I've got two different, I have split personality on the mound. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm nice and joking around and stuff off the field. And then as soon as I get on the mound, I want to, kind of go out there and, and embarrass the other teams, can, like embarrass them so much they don't want to go home anymore. Has that ever that. been a problem for you? Uh, sometimes it comes back to bite me. Like there's been a couple of times where I've been yelling and doing the normal thing and then it's not my best outing. So then the other team starts getting chippy, it, especially in 2020. It tends to, uh, you can hear a lot more this year or last year. So it's, right. uh, it was one of those things where those times where I'm yelling at their dugout and then they get a hit, so they're yelling back at me and it just fuels the fire. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it's just the way I've come to being able to kind of almost unravel myself is the fact that, like, I need to almost pretend to be a tennis player and just yell on everything just to make sure that I get everything out so that nothing's contained. You know, it's funny. I, I, I made some calls. I mentioned I called Peter Moylan. I even called one of your new teammates, Lucas Giolito, because I wanted to get a little information on you <laughs> so I could chat with you. And Lucas dropper. just loves you. He can't wait to be share the field with you. But I, I just think, um, you know, I've only come across for you one time. I think it was 2017. I think you were in Nashville at the time, and I was stuck in Vegas. But the the thing about it, you that's very interesting, I don't think the a whole lot of people in Chicago know yet, off the field, one of your big passions apparently is animal rescue. How did you get? How did you and your wife get into that? Yeah, so I had animals as a kid. My wife actually grew up in Ohio, where she had horses and donkeys and like yeah, everything, any all that sort of stuff. She did, uh, she did 4-H and stuff, so she's had that kind of animal passion for a while. I grew up. I had a cat when I was four. I had a dog. My sister got a dog later on. And it was something that we just had – I'd always loved animals. I'd always loved being around animals. And when we got the opportunity, we just decided to get into the animal rescue realm of things. And one of our big rescues is actually in Chicago called Players for Pits. They deal with uh, with a lot of pit bull uh, stuff. And it's just it's, it's just such a cool vibe that we're able to kind of help out and do what we can. But, yeah, we've dealt with Tony LaRusso's Animal Rescue Foundation out in the Bay Area. Uh, we've done stuff in Florida with the Cape Coral Humane Society. We've done things around there. But this is just something that we – we have a passion for. We have a bunch of, but we call them our kids now. So we have a bunch of kids now that uh, that roam around the house and and do all this. And it's just something that we uh, we both have that kind of groove passion towards. And we want to make sure we do everything we can that uh, to help out any animals in need. That's so great. We've got new White Sox closer Liam Hendricks with us on the score. And I was reading you've been a two-time nominee for the Roberto Clemente Award. Like, what what do you trace all of your different philanthropic interests to? Like, where do you get that philanthropic spirit? Yeah, I mean, so we do animal rescue, which just uh, pure to our, go, our love for animals. Um, we've been doing a strikeout bullying campaign, which goes to both my wife and I's dealings with bullying coming through school and, and all that. So it's just, it's usually based upon just, life experiences like we well, I was bullied as a kid because I was not I like to call myself an in-betweener like I wasn't part of the cool kids but I refused to accept the part of me being a part of anything else and so I just was always on the outside and never kind of fit in and uh and then we've taken that to, especially with the pandemic cyberbullying such a big thing these days and so we want to make sure that the, the awareness is around that and we uh we go out and teach the kids of like no look it does like this stuff happens but it doesn't demean you it doesn't do anything you can survive this i've survived this we've gone through and we've we've come at the other side of the tunnel 
uh, above this, and they're the, the ones who end up bullying you are going to be the ones who end up not moving for, for, like forward in life because they're the ones who all of a sudden they peak and they struggle because they don't know how to do anything without kind of demeaning other people. But, uh, yeah, the biggest thing is, is for me, it's, it's one of those things where we want to make sure we leave the game a better place than when we found it. And our, my biggest platform is always going to be off the field. It's something that we can do and, and push forward. And it's something that we actually enjoy and actively enjoy doing and actually having a hands on the ground kind of feel rather than just throwing money at an event or anything like that. We want to actually uh, be a part of the, the planning and be a part of the like, boots on the ground sort of stuff. It's just we actually like actively being involved. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.